when it comes to money, I think we can all agree we can never know too much. That's why you listen to podcasts like this, right? If we're being honest, we can never have too much, but we're going to focus here, my friends. According to the Society for Human Resource Management, the majority of working Americans indicate that the personalization of seminars and webinars on investing basics and financial planning is important to them. And in that same survey, my friends, they add, quote, employers would be wise to add or expand desirable benefits like financial wellness to attract and retain talent. In other words, companies need to step it up if they want to get the best people on their team. And of course, keep those people. Financial wellness strategies is the solution. We provide the top of the line financial wellness programs for employees to create financial grownups who focus on their jobs because they know they're in control of their personal finances. Learn more and get in touch at financialwellnessstrategies.com. That's financialwellnessstrategies.com. The time is now to invest in peace of mind. Oh, my friends, from tempting sales to the massive industry that self-care has become, shopping is everything to so many of us these days, and it can make financial wellness really challenging. We are talking about all things shopping and financial wellness with our guest this week, certified financial planner, Megan Dwyer, who is also the host of the Money Isn't Scary podcast on which I was recently very happy to have been a guest. Okay, now to set the stage for our interview, I do wanna share this week's quote. It is from Sophie Kinsella. She is the author of Confessions of a Shopaholic. Quote, they said I was a valued customer. Now they sent me hate mail. I love this quote because of course we feel so wanted when a retailer is trying to sell us something. They love bomb us with emails and texts or if we're in person, those salespeople always seem to totally get us. But after the money changes hands and the bills come due, if you don't pay, well, and so it goes. So let's get honest about the emotional and financial costs of shopping, including the hardcore marketing tactics that pull us in and make it so hard to resist. It's not like you can just never buy anything. So we have to figure out strategies and we have the perfect guest this week. Megan Dwyer is a certified financial planner. As I mentioned, she is also the host of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. In our interview here, we touch on everything from how to handle well-intentioned friends, we're putting it kindly, that encourage you to buy, 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 even though they may not know your financial health and the ever-growing push to buy in the name of self-care. Listen closely, my friends. I love this interview. You will too. Here is Megan Dwyer. Megan Dwyer, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You are the host of the Money Isn't Scary podcast, which now has over 100 episodes. Congratulations on making it this far. And it's a great podcast, by the way. Thank you. Honestly, I didn't know it was even going to go this far, but here I am and um, absolutely loving it. Well, I love that you mix money advice and also very practical tips on the podcast. One of my favorite things about the Money Isn't Scary podcast, and by the way, money can be very scary. So I'm just going to differ from you there, is that you mix the practical with the sort of philosophical ideas about money. I mean, you give overarching themes, but you also get very sort of down and dirty about 
the kinds of psychological traps that people get into. And one of the big themes that runs throughout many episodes of your podcast is shopping, you know, sort of this shopping fix that we all need to have. Why do you pay so much attention to shopping when you're talking about money rather than like estate planning or investing or taxes and all the other things or just personal finance in general? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. So I am a certified financial planner. That's my day job, right? And I see in the work that I do how important spending is to the success of a client's financial plan, right? That is the one thing that we can absolutely control, right? We can't control what happens in our lives or what happens to the world around us or the markets. We don't, we don't know, right? But we can control where our dollars go. And so the other part of this is when I started the podcast, it was during the pandemic and I was finding that I was doing a lot of online shopping myself to sort of fill a void. And I didn't even really, I couldn't, I couldn't put words to it. I didn't really know quite what it was, but there was something going on there. Like a lot of us, we struggled during the pandemic, right? We were all dealing with our own kind of emotional financial behavioral struggles, right? With everything that was going on and the impact that it had on not only us, but our families and the people around us. And so I just had always kind of used shopping as sort of a coping strategy. I think it's one of those culturally acceptable coping strategies. And I say, actually, in one of my episodes, I talk about how it's perfectly okay to say to your family, hey, I'm going to go to Target or I'm going to the mall for three hours. But if you were to say, hey, I'm going to a bar for three hours, people will be like, what? What what are you doing? Right? You have a problem. There's something wrong with you. But shopping is different. I mean, it's encouraged. And in a similar way to some of those other behaviors that exist, right, that as ways of coping, like, you know, having a glass of wine or exercising or like the little highs that we get in certain ways, shopping also gives us that high and it gives us that little bit of a dopamine rush. And that's, I think, what we're really looking for. We're looking for kind of an escape from the everyday. I totally relate. And I'll tell you, I'm going to make a little confession here on the podcast. I had never, before the pandemic, I had never bought something that I saw on one of those morning television shows. And now (laughs) I have done it more times than I can count. I would say I'm happy with three quarters of the purchases. Some of them are kind of duds. And I don't think I fully understood, you know, they get it. They do tell you that they get a cut from it, but they're so good at selling. I mean, how do we not? And and they say, this is the other thing, Megan, they always say, well, it's 75% off only for viewers of this show. And I fall for it because I see that initial price and I think, what a deal. And sure, of course I could use another candle, right? We love sales. As humans, we absolutely love getting a deal. It's like we don't realize that we even need an item until we walk into a store and we see that it's 75% off or we see the ad for it online, right? And so much of shopping on sale is impulse buying. And a lot of the things that I talk about on the podcast is aligning our spending, the where our dollars are going with intention. And my audience is a lot of women and a lot of moms because it's really geared towards me and me kind of working through the struggles that I'm going through right now along with you. It's one of those like, you know, I'm holding your hand along through this journey because I'm right there with you. And I see so many women that will, you know, think of go into a store because there's something in there that is, you know, they see, you see the signs on the window that say, Hey, everything is 50% off. I need to go in there and I need to go see if I can get something in there to give me that little bit of a rush because I am stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I'm a mom. And I really, to some extent, wish I could be 
anywhere, but maybe where I am right now, right? So I'm going to go in there and I'm going to buy that pair of, I'm thinking like sandals or like expensive shoes that serve me no real purpose for the here and now, but I imagine myself wearing them somewhere in the future, somewhere and so, you know, out to dinner or on some vacation or something like that, because I want to be somewhere that I enjoy, somewhere that makes me happy, something that I crave. And I realized as I was doing this, that it's all not what we're, the physical item that we're actually buying. It's the, it's the feeling underneath the item, the feeling that's behind the item. And sales are one of those things that I think just impulsively kind of take us to that next level. If you see something that's on sale, you're like, oh, have to have it. Absolutely have to have it. I also feel like sometimes you feel like you won. Like when everyone else Uh is beating you up, you know, that day, you just feel so exhausted from life and you feel like, well, at least I got a win today because I got this item that maybe I did have my eye on. It's not always an impulse buy. Maybe it's something you've been watching, right? To be fair, Mm -hmm. maybe it is something that you did need that's at a better price. You feel like I scored. I'm taking care of my family. I'm buying things and I'm getting a deal because we don't want to pay full price. And there's this whole game that they play with the price. I sometimes wonder, are those full prices ever real? And how much markup is really in there? Because how can stores stay in business if they have things on sale all the time? How do they even make the money? I mean, there's a whole gamification going on, right? Absolutely. And there's there's absolute markups and there's articles out there and there's some science behind it. But yeah, of course, stores have to stay in business. And how is that possible when you walk in and it feels like every time you go into a store, it's everything is 50 to 60% off, of course. So what is your advice for people who have this urge to shop when they kind of are feeling powerless, especially when they feel overwhelmed by their finances. I mean, that's the irony is sometimes we're most tempted to shop. It's almost like when you already fill up the diet bandwagon, you know, when you already feel like your finances are a mess, well, I might as well go buy something because at least I'll look good and whatever. And I might never have a chance again. So I should just, you know, buy this item. It'll make me feel better. What advice do you have for people? One, to maybe stop that, but also to maybe understand more about what's going on, what they're up against from these stores. Yeah. What I like to say is let's slow it down. I call it like, let's jump off the treadmill for a hot second, right? Especially as we're busy. I'm a full-time working mom with two little ones. I know so many women out there are as well. And so we don't take the time to even get to know ourselves very well. I think we don't take the time to kind of just sit down and understand like, where are we at? Who are we right now? What do we even like to do? What are our values, right? What's important to us? And that is work that absolutely has to be done. It's the stuff that nobody likes to do, to be perfectly honest, because it can be uncomfortable because we like to compare ourselves to past versions of ourselves. And similar to, you know, the example that you just used with like, well, you know, screw the diet, right? It's like you Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to the way you might've looked 10 years ago, right? Versus where you are now, but everything has changed. Your life has changed. For me, kids have changed. And so many moms in particular, I feel like don't know who they are now because their identity is wrapped up in being a a, a mother and our identity is our kids to some extent. So it's really important to kind of bring it back home and take some time to slow down and figure out who you are, what's important to you and what are your values right now. And there's nothing wrong in my mind with spending your dollars as long as they're in alignment with the things that you value and in alignment with your intentions. So my whole goal, what I talk about a lot is let's be more intentional with what we're spending our money on. For me personally, here's an example. I like to run. Running is like my outlet when I can do it, when I don't have the kids around. If I'm going to spend my money on anything, I really want a new pair of sneakers. 
I have no problem going and spending $150 on a new pair of sneakers because I know I'm going to get use out of it. But you know, on the contrary, I always talk about Target a lot on my show because I love Target and I feel like there's it's one of those very common outlets for many women at this stage of life, right? You always see a lot of moms just there with the strollers or the baby buckets and stuff. If I were to go into Target and say, oh, you know, you see this little, whatever it is, like a sports bra or something like that that's on sale. And you're like, oh, I have to have it. It feels to some extent like it it does give you that high in the moment, right? Because there is that kind of neurological, like actual science around it. It gives you that little high, the dopamine rush. But when you get home, you often feel guilt around it. I do at least. The guilt, I think, is what makes me realize that I'm not buying things in alignment with my intention. That wasn't an intentional purchase. It was a kind of a, I need to get something quick and fast. I need a little, I need a little rush. I need something right now to make me feel better because I'm, you know, might've been a tough week or a tough morning and we all have those, right? So it's like a little reward to some extent, but at the end, it's false. It's unsatisfying and it's going to make you go back and do more because it's not actually serving the purpose that you want. So I think not only is shopping, shopping is for me, it's a, it's a hobby. It's something I enjoy doing. I'm never going to say that I'm not going to shop ever because I enjoy doing it. I love going to stores and seeing what's out and what's new and the different colors and touching things. That's why I'm not a huge online shopper. I feel like shopping is just one tool and one strategy for kind of coping with some of those other stressors that we're dealing with in our everyday lives. There's so many other tools out there. It's just one tool in the tool. So what tools should people use? If you get the urge to shop, what do you do? Some of the things that I like to do, honestly, I throw on a quick uh, like five minute little meditation sometimes that on insight timer to just get me to kind of calm and move from my head to my body. Exercise is a big one that I always do, or I try to do when I can squeeze it in. But if you can't, it's even just like taking a few minutes to just stretch, to just take some time to yourself. Honestly, the big thing I'm going to say is childcare. Get a babysitter for a minute and just take the time. A lot of people think you're going to get a babysitter just to go out to dinner or to go to an event or something. It's perfectly okay to get a babysitter to take an hour to yourself, to just slow it down and just remember who you were and who you are. All right. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about back to shopping. There's a lot of stuff that is pushed to people to buy in the name of self-care. How do we manage that? Because we're told, well, this is self-care. You need to treat yourself. You deserve it, right? And it's just been proliferating into so many different products. What's your take there and how can people manage that? Yes. I feel like culture tells you that self-care is pedicures and bubble baths, right? And I have learned that it's not. It's not. It can be. It sure can be. But you know, some of that is expensive. It's not always the cheapest to go get a mani-pedi. Self-care is really tuning in to yourself and honoring yourself. It's standing up for yourself. It's setting boundaries. It's saying no to things. For me, one of the big ones is it's turning off my work computer when I'm home with my kids. It's just trying to honor yourself in a way that makes you feel good. And that could mean a pedicure. Sure. It could mean a long, hot shower. It could, but it doesn't have to be. And it's not exclusively. And you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. You don't have to spend anything to take care of yourself. So I think our culture has gotten a little crazy when it comes to that, again, because it's just trying to sell and take advantage of the crazy life that we're in right now, right? The stage of life that we're in as parents and just the general kind of place in time that we're at um, and all the technology and everything. And I think we just need to be a little bit more aware. There's absolutely nothing wrong if you like those things and you want to do something like that. Going to a yoga class, for instance, 
is a dream. It's like heaven for me, but they're not cheap, right? Those are expensive. That's okay. It's totally okay if it's in alignment with your goals and your values and what matters to you. Thank you so much. Where can people find out more about you, Megan? Yeah. So you can check the podcast out anywhere you listen to podcasts. Again, it's called Money Isn't Scary. And you can find me on Instagram, just at Money Isn't Scary, all one word, no apostrophe there. And I also have a Facebook group as well called Mindful Money Mama. So you can go check me out there. And it's really just building a community of like-minded women who are kind of in it together. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We all want to live our best financial grown-up lives. One way to do that is to know that the people that we care about are also in a good place when it comes to their money. That might mean our kids, our grandkids, and yes, even our friends. But how? I mean, it's kind of awkward. You see them struggling, pretending to know more than they do, or just making bad money decisions, but you don't know what to say. And even if you say something supportive, then what? That's why I wrote Launching Financial Grownups. In Launching Financial Grownups, I share the tools and strategies so you know what to say to take the pressure off and give those you love the confidence they need. It's all about giving those we care about the right amount of help at the right time so they can not only learn what they need to know about being financial grownups, but also be confident that they can do it and that you will be there to cheer them on. Pick up a copy of my book, Launching Financial Grownups. I promise you'll be so happy that you did. Are you getting ready to make some changes or maybe gently talk to a friend you see could be a little bit less spendy? I want to hear about it. DM me on Instagram. I am at bobbyrebel one and get more about topics like this on my free newsletter. You can subscribe at bobbyrebel.substack.com or just go to my website, bobbyrebel.com and look for the newsletter, sign up. You can also get the show notes with links to things that we talk about here, as well as transcripts of the podcast right on my website under the podcast tab. I am also super excited to share new program offerings at my education and consulting company, Financial Wellness Strategies. Please check them out and let me know how I can help you and your team or your clients. That link is in the show notes as well, but it's just what you think it would be, right? Financialwellnessstrategies.com. Super easy. Big thanks to all of you for being part of our community and to Megan Dwyer for helping us all be financial grownups and invest in peace of mind. Wellness for Financial Grownups is a production of BRK Media. Editing and production by Steve Stewart. Guest coordination, social media support, and show notes by Ali Bourbon. Artwork by Chelsea Perez. You can find the podcast show notes, which include links to resources mentioned on the show, as well as show transcripts by going to my website, bobbyrebell.com. To get even more out of this podcast, make sure you are also on our newsletter list to get more free content to live your best financial grown-up lives. There is a link in the show notes, but you can also sign up by going to bobbyrebell.com or financialwellnessstrategies.com and be a friend. Share the podcast with your friends and anyone you think might like it by taking a screenshot and sharing it on social media. Make sure to tag me on Instagram at bobbyrebell1. While you're there, follow me. If you DM me that you listen to the podcast, I will follow you back. You can also leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Reading each one means the world to me. 
And please support our merch shop, grownupgear.com, by picking up fun gifts for your grown-up friends and treating yourself as well. Finally, my grown-up friends, don't forget to invest in peace of mind. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>